Reality Radio Entertainment presents Behind the Curtain with your host, Kathy Barrett. Welcome to Behind the Curtain, a show that profiles ordinary people who choose to be extraordinary in life. I'm your host, Kathy Barrett. Thanks for tuning in today. Producer Katie McLaughlin, who is normally on the air with me, is in deep meditation. She's sending Reiki healing throughout the broadcast because our subject today is intense. It's about hate. We want to send healing light to all of you whose lives have been impacted by the hateful actions of others, as well as those of you who feel disenfranchised, angry, rageful, and blame others for your circumstances. And to those who just want to turn away, who don't want to pay attention to what is happening, may Katie's beautiful and loving Reiki energy inspire you to let go of that fear, get involved, help heal our nation. My special guest is Michael Richardson. Michael is now a retired consultant, but he is the founder of Hate Watch Report which monitors hate groups and other extremists throughout the Hudson Valley and exposes their activities to the public and the media. Michael is also a member in the Zen Peacemaker Order and engaged in climate and environmental action through the Rivers and Mountain Green Faith Circle in the Upper Hudson Valley watershed. Now their mission is about investing in clean energy and organizing banks, insurance companies, asset managers and institutional investors to stop funding, insuring and investing in climate destruction and start investing in clean energy. We're gonna do a show about this and I hope you'll tune in because this is really important subject matter. For more information about Rivers and Mountains Green Faith Circle, go to rivers-mountains-greenfaith.org And to find out more about Hate Watch Report and the work of Michael Richardson, go to hatewatchreport.com. Thank you so much for being with us today, Michael. It's such a great pleasure to have you and to connect again. Well, thank you, Kathy. Um, Yeah, I'm now 70 years old and mostly retired, as you said. And I really thought in my retirement that something about sitting on the beach in Costa Rica or something like that, that instead... (laughs) Instead, I find myself uh, uh, exposing fascists in our community and trying to convince people to stop putting so much carbon into the atmosphere. Well, I'll tell you, I'm impressed. I mean, if this is the new direction seniors will be taking instead of playing golf, I I think it's inspiring. Well, you're right on there. I I tell you, there's people like Bill McKibben, who many of us know. Uh, who's been writing about this for a while, and he's put together an organization called Third Act. And that's a play on that those of us in our senior years, this is our third, but not final, act. Mm, I love that. That's really great. For those people tuning in who are unaware of the Zen Peacemaker Order, share with us a little bit about what their mission is and how you became involved. Well, uh, that is something that is is rather, um, uh, how should I say, Zen Peacemaker Order is not so pronounced or well-known. It uh, started several years ago, uh, and um, it is a rather small group of individuals 
that try to embody engaged Buddhism uh, through activism. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, 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 it's based on uh, Zen tenets and um, they come together for the purposes of building awareness and supporting those people that are activists in the environmental movement, social justice movement. I find that there is a large segment of our population that has tuned out to what is going on right now, not only in the country, but in the world. And I get it. You know, sometimes you have to walk away from the media, the politics, and take a mental health day, you know, away from negativity and and division. When people remain uninvolved and stay silent, it's actually assisting in the demise of our democracy. And it's so important for each of us to take responsibility about what is happening. And so was Hate Watch part of your work with peacemakers? How Hate Watch Report came together, but uh, allow me a minute just to comment about the three tenets. Yes, please. Um, The three tenets were prescribed by Bernie Glassman. And uh, Bernie laid this out in such a way that we could use it as a tool for engaged activism. And what does bear witness mean? Uh, If you look up a basic definition, it's to say that something is true, to validate it. And so it's not just enough to um, be aware of something, Mm. but you need to actually validate it. There's a story in Buddhism that pertains to the awakening of the Buddha. And at the time of his awakening, he was challenged by this demon spirit. And the demon spirit was questioning whether or not the Buddha had actually reached the level of awareness. And what I mean by awareness is the total interconnection and interpenetration of all things. And the spirit said, who bears witness? And the Buddha touched down to the earth and said, the earth bears witness. Mm. And we've taken that to mean that it's now our turn, you and me, to bear witness to the earth. And in so doing, we need to speak out about what is happening with climate destruction. Mm-hmm. Now, when we go on to the next tenant, um, it is important to be aware that the action that we take should not be contaminated with our fixed values. And that is the tenet of not knowing. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. we don't know all the answers. And so it is important for us to approach this with not a prefixed determination of we know how to fix it, but yet to still engage in the process. So we can apply this all towards hate also. Mm -hmm. We need to bear witness to hate and we need to bear witness to harmony. And in trying to find the balance between the two, to confront the hate and transform it into harmony, if we try to do this with all of our preconceived fixed notions, there's a very good chance that we're going to mess it up. with some sort of unattached engagement, then we are in, shall I say, just the normal flow of causes and conditions as they come together. And we try to direct that in such a way to where the hate 
and the harmony come into more of a balance and people are not subjected to all the harm. So I know that's a little heady. It's a little bit out there. I would put it not necessarily under the terms of bearing witness and not knowing. I put it under the headers of unattached engagement, non-dual wisdom. That is very, very powerful. And thank you for voicing that, just raising my awareness. You know, how does one get there? Well, uh, first of all, is we need to learn to let go of our attachments that we know all the answers. And we have to recognize how we are totally, totally interconnected with all things. That's how we get there. It sounds really so simple. And yet it seems so difficult to arrive there. This has just inspired me because it's so true. I mean, that's why we are so divided really, because what's, what's happening in one direction is happening in the other direction. And then there's people in the middle with the wisdom that you just shared, that's trying to keep everything afloat. So Kathy, I have a full 70 years of practice in storytelling. And my storytelling is that I know all the answers and <laughs> I'm a unique individual that stands unto himself. See, that's all my storytelling. Mm-hmm. And that's just a complete falsehood. Yeah. I have lots of practice. I've, I've, I've formed a whole personality based around it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have multiple personalities based around that. And my husband would confirm that for sure. But, but back, no. back to hate, back to hate. <laughs> Um, yes. after, after the uh, violent insurrection on January 6th, um, we started hearing on the news about how this event was happening in a faraway place by people that came in from somewhere, but it wasn't necessarily here. Mm-hmm. And in a discussion I had with a few people, including Malcolm Nance, uh, we felt that it was necessary for people to become aware. Uh, we're getting back to that word awareness again. Yes. Become aware that it's not a faraway place and it's not being done by people from a faraway land. But it is right here and it is not only our neighbors, but in many ways it's ourselves. And so we felt that the first thing we had to do is expose that it's not far away. And uh, it was decided to create hate watch report. A hate watch report is very simple. It makes people aware of extremist activity in our community. And it provides resources for you to find out a little bit more about that particular group. For example, recently, you'll remember uh, the White Lives Matter people, White Lives Matter New York, uh, yeah. acted out in the Hudson Valley, including on the Green and Woodstock. Yeah. So that was reported out. And in addition to being ported out, you could find links so that you could go, who are these White Lives Matter New York people? Find out more about them. Of course, just to the point here is that mm-hmm. um, it's uh, actually just today we reissued a newsletter from April of 2021 on Oath Keepers in Columbia County. And what that is all about is, of course, Stuart Rhodes, the founder of the Oath Keepers, is in the news. uh, Just yesterday in the congressional hearings, his name came up more than once. And in the next congressional hearing, you'll hear his name even more. 
And so we wanted to make people aware that, yeah, it's right in your backyard that the headquarters for Oath Keepers New York, New York Oath Keepers, was Chatham, New York, where I live. And the Stuart Rhodes came here frequently and he co-hosted the Oath Keeper Awards dinners three years in a row. So we asked the question, who were the Oath Keepers here in Columbia County and in Greene County and elsewhere? And where did they go? Now, the answer is they didn't go anywhere. They're still here. They just don't wear the badge any longer. But they still have these actions that they are carrying out that are extremist actions. And, you know, that was what was so shocking. I, I live in Woodstock. And, of course, I first found out about uh, the fact that this um, white supremacist group was in Woodstock because I was on the Internet and the next door, you know, the local chatter Internet place where neighbors connect. And someone put up a, a photograph of all of these um, White Lives Matter people, and they were dressed in all of the paramilitary gear. And I'm like, what? Woodstock, a mile away from my house, the land of peace and love. So I get what you're saying. It was so shocking. It hit me so hard in the way that you described. I realized that these people, these groups, these extremists, are not somewhere out there in the middle of the country. These people are living among us. And now it's so important that we recognize that. So what have you learned, you know, just kind of putting this information up there, keeping track of, of it all? What have you learned about the hate group since you started doing this process? Well, I can't say that I, I've learned anything specific other than who's here and what they're doing. Um, again, the purpose of Hate Watch Report is to bring awareness that it is happening and we shouldn't be hiding from it. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to what we were talking about at the top of the show. That first we need to be aware. Uh, many of your listeners are involved with some sort of practice based around mindfulness. Yes. Or watching the breath. And in most traditions, as you sit and calm to reach the clarity, in the calming, we are told to, as a wandering thought occurs, let it go. The, another way of saying that is that when a wandering thought occurs, let it pass through you and experience it. Quite often when we're going through our calming meditation, we are asked to concentrate on various parts of the body and recognize aches and pains and whatever. And again, it's just to be aware. Now, the next trick, if you don't mind me using that word, is mm -hmm. to not attach to it. And that's why we say, let it go, or better yet, let it pass through you. In the understanding of karma, we recognize that karma is the thing that happens when causes and conditions come together to give us the present moment. Now, I argue, and I think most would agree, that those causes and conditions that have come together to give us the present moment have quite a rich history. They mm -hmm. go way, way back, and that's where all things are interconnected, including our own actions and the actions of our ancestors. But, you know, Kathy, there's nothing we can do about the present moment. 
because it has happened as a coming together of all the causes and conditions of that moment. There's nothing we can do about that. We can't change it. We can be aware of it. Now here, here's where new karma comes in. There's a lot you can do about the very next moment by affecting the causes and the conditions that are going to come together to create the next moment, right? So what are we going to do? Whine, complain, carry on, point fingers, get mad, get apathetic. What are we going to do to affect the very next moment? Are we going to come up with bright ideas that I know how to fix the world? which will probably screw things up or <laughs> yeah. going to come up to say, I have the ideas and nobody else does. So if we bring our awareness about in such a way of, as I said, the non-dual wisdom, we are all connected and also that unattached engagement that I'm going to go with the flow, but I'm going to go through it with the awareness. There's a good chance that all of us can come together and start to create a new set of causes and conditions that moves us away from all this harm. Mm. Now, and so saying, and so saying, every time I'm in a conversation where somebody's carrying on about who should we pick on? Let's pick on Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. I remind myself, and depending on how close I am to the person I'm talking to, I will actually ask them to consider what did you do today, this day? To manifest the Trump with inside you. Oh, wow. Because wow. Trump is not a individual that stands up. It's not unique, right? That's mm -hmm. contrary to Dharmic thought. We are all interconnected and interpenetrated. Trump is something that we can all manifest. It just so happens that Trump does a really good job of it. He <laughs> manifests it almost in its totality. We manifest it also. And until we start removing that from the causes and conditions that bring about the very next moment, mm. it will continue. And so it's not just a matter, though, of getting your own shit together, if you don't mind me saying, but it's to be aware of this. There's much more to do than that. But to start with, we need to start being aware of the causes and conditions that are going to bring the next moment together and make certain that in an unattached way, with non-dual wisdom, we are going to engage. And that's what we try to do through, first of all, being aware of what's going on and then coming together as people to try to create that new environment. Very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that sage wisdom because I just uh, got a lot out of that for myself. To detach is a very difficult thing. And you're right. You know, we have our stories and it's, it's really something how easily we get fixated on an idea. If everybody's fixated on an idea and we're so divided from each other and we're separate and what you think is right, I think is wrong. Of course, chaos is going to ensue. You're raising people's awareness about, you know, the fact that these people are here. This is what they're doing. And um, it's really important do their best to be as aware as, as possible about the circumstances that are happening today. I want to go back to the uh, hate watch report. One of the things that I found very interesting is that you were posting signs that we should be aware of. 
you know, that represented certain organizations that we may walk by a dozen times and not realize that this is a symbol of, of white supremacy or this is a symbol of this. Can you talk a little bit more about how people can go to hatewatchreport.com and get a little educated about things that they should be looking for or be aware of that may be popping up in their communities? Uh, yes, and let me just say that uh, the material on Hate Watch Report, uh, for the most part, none of it is original. Uh, that's another thing we do. We we, we try to not um, be another newsletter or another piece of information, but rather to refer you to valuable, vetted information, uh, mm -hmm. information that we believe is is accurate. Um, so much of what we have on the symbolism uh, has been borrowed from the Anti-Defamation League, the Southern Poverty Law Center, and from the Washington Post, and even one piece out of the New York Times. But with the symbolism, uh, you're absolutely right. There's many symbols that are being used out there in our community that we may not be aware of. We go by it every day. I'm going to give you three examples. First, I'm going to start with the flag. Now, it used to be that if you saw the Confederate battle flag, what did that mean to you? You saw racism, right? Yes. And let's just say that a black person saw that maybe a little bit quicker than you did, but we all saw racism. Mm -hmm. You don't see the Confederate flag around too much anymore. It's starting to come back a little bit right now, but you, you don't see it around too much. It's still there. It just looks different. It now looks like the Gasden flag or the Betsy Ross flag. Oh. And so if you go to Hate Watch Report, you can read a little bit about the various flags that have come to take on the meaning of white supremacism and white nationalism. The Gasden flag is that flag that is all yellow, that has the snake coiled up and it says, don't tread on me. Now, if you don't mind me being a little glib here for a moment, some of us are really, really annoyed by this. Mm -hmm. That back in the 70s and 80s, that flag represented something very different than the Confederate flag. In fact, amongst a lot of us, that was our flag. We thought it was pretty damn cool. And I'm not talking about libertarians. I'm talking about, you know, just you know, lefties. We had right. a really cool flag. Well, as we joke about it, damn it, they co-opted our flag. And those, uh, th those proud boys out there on the West Coast, they're wearing Hawaiian shirts. Well, we used to wear Hawaiian shirts to people's weddings. They've co-opted our Hawaiian shirts. And then when you look at that insurrection, you got a bunch of uh, um, 60, 50, 60, and 70 year old guys, uh, somewhat bald with ponytails and big beards and pot bellies. After the insurrection, Kathy, I cut off my ponytail. <laughs> oh I don't wear a Hawaiian shirt and I don't have a Gaston flag anymore. But let me go back to your point to be more serious. Um, when you drive around the countryside today and you see the Gasden flag, the Betsy Ross flag, that's that 13 star flag that's in a circle. Yes. That also has been co-opted. It represents a time in our history, 1776, where blacks were enslaved, women had no rights, and only privileged white men had the vote. Uh -huh. It's been co-opted. And so now... 
I'm going to tell you this story that I got a hate watch report from a local school. It was the seventh grade. And a young man told his parents that a teacher was displaying the Gazden flag in the classroom. So we did an investigation. I contacted the superintendent who was most responsive. I explained to him how the flag had been co-opted and what it means. Mm -hmm. We met with the teacher and we had dialogue. And it was pointed out that it is being taught in context, that it's not being taught out of context. Therefore, it should be innocent. And I had to say quite directly, in your eyes. Mm, in one. somebody else's eyes, they're seeing my school condones the flying of a Confederate hate flag. I said, you can't be doing this. Mm -hmm. Now, you can still bring the flag out for 15 minutes and speak to it in context, but also speak to how it's been co-opted. <clears throat> Do not let it be displayed for two weeks during the whole lesson cycle. Mm -hmm. That school listened very carefully, and they now do not display the flag except for for the moment when it needs to be brought out in context. And also they add context on how it's been co-opted. Now, another thing I'm going to talk about, uh, and I'll name names here, the town of Bern in Albany County. Uh -huh. uh, we, we have a very, very uh, uh, interesting picture where the highway superintendent and the town supervisor and four other people are standing in front of this big truck. And on the side of the truck, it says New York Militia. Mm. Now, this is a group that is somewhat functional, mostly in Schoharie and Delaware County. But um, standing there is the town supervisor and the highway superintendent. And one of them is holding up three fingers with the outside of your hand facing forward. So the palm in, the three mm -hmm. middle fingers pointing up to give the Roman numeral three. Mm -hmm. That is the sign of the three percenters, wow. which is a white nationalist, white supremacist military group. And I think many of us have heard about the three percenters. Another one that we often see is the OK sign. And um, for some, the OK is to represent oath keepers, OK. And for others, it is simply a sign of uh, the white supremacist. It, it actually goes back to, <laughs> oddly enough, Ma Martin Van Buren, who is known as Old Kinderhook and signed his name OK. Uh, Martin Van Buren is the person that is responsible for carrying out the Jackson administration's purging of the Cherokee from the South on the Trail of Tears. So it's... Um, it, I could carry on to sign, symbol, yeah. sign, symbol, yeah. but go to our website and read all about it. Well, that's what I, I think is so powerful about your website, because I was unaware of these things beforehand. We, you mentioned the Southern Poverty Law Center. It's a national organization. And um, in addition to monitoring hate and extremist groups, they work on protecting children's rights and immigrant justice, LBGTQ rights, voting rights. And currently they're tracking over 1600 extremist groups that are operating in the US right now. And I went and they have something called the hate map. And I started looking at that, which is a map of the country and then it pinpoints what hate groups are in, in what area. And then you can, you know, they have a link and you can go and read about those groups. What I, what I saw in a great many of them now 
is that they're hiding behind being a church of some kind and presenting themselves as a religious organization. I see the quote, regular religious organizations getting involved in politics and getting involved in a way that, I don't know, I don't remember or, you know, experience them being as, if you will, hateful. But I was really surprised to see how many church groups, supposed church groups in this, you know, list of 1600 that they were. So that kind of made me pretty angry. If someone wants to begin a hate watch uh, report as you did in their town and kind of, you know, take what you're doing and start spreading it around the country, how would you advise them to begin? Or are you doing that? Are you consulting with places around the country with this report? Uh, the, the quick answer is, is somewhat, somewhat, because okay. there, are, there are others that are doing this in their communities and there should be more. Um, I just want to put something down before you uh, uh, we go further. Sure. Uh, when you said that uh, it makes you angry mm. uh, and you're working on not being attached, let's be very, very clear that non-attachment does not mean non-engagement. It never okay. should. That's mm. what we're working on. And so apathy is not the solution to this problem, as we were talking about. What are you going to do to change the very next set of causes and conditions that are going to give us the very next moment, right? And apathy yeah. won't, won't get you there. So anyhow, back to, to your thing on what I would advise. What I would advise. First of all, be educated. Uh, know what you're looking at and put it in context. Um, I'll give you an example. The Southern Poverty Law uh, Center uh, two years ago listed Madison's Militia, New Lebanon, New York. Madison Militia is one person and her son, period. Wow. Uh, they have been what we call uh, keyboard warriors. They should not have been on that list. And I contacted them and said, listen, I'll take you to the person's house. I'll introduce you to all their neighbors. Uh, they probably need some mental therapy, but okay. they're not dangerous. Mm. And so be educated, be aware, know what you're dealing with. In our community, in our community, we have people who used to be aligned with the Oath Keepers, many through John Wallace. Um, again, they are no longer flying their badge. They have disassociated with the Oath Keepers, but they mm -hmm. have not changed their values. <laughs> they have not changed their right. ways. Mm. And so who are they hanging out with? How are they identifying now? Now, um, the three percenters are active in the southern Catskills and a little bit up into Schoharie. And mm -hmm. so we need to be aware of the three percenters and the New York militia. Um, the Patriot Front has been very, very active down in the lower Hudson, uh, Orange County, Rockland County, parts mm -hmm. of uh, Westchester County. And they've made several campaigns up into our area, uh, recruiting drives, and we reported on that extensively. But we do not know of any uh, of the Patriot Front people that are actually residents of our community. That White Lives Matter group, that is a mm -hmm. white supremacist group, those yeah. are local. And uh -huh. we need to be watching them and be aware of what they're doing. 
Um, so I think, again, here, be aware of who's who and what's what. And the best way to do that is to inform yourself. Uh, Hate Watch Report website can help guide you there. Um, you've already done some wonderful uh, research by looking into the Southern Poverty Law Center and also the Anti-Defamation League. The, really, those are all three that you just mentioned is so important to pay attention to. Regarding peaceful action that we can take in our communities, I remember you talked about this in our last conversation that we had several months ago, uh, that there were things that were being done on a local legislative level in, in every town, and especially in your area. Your website mentions that individuals can go to their town supervisor and request that a law against acts of aggression and hostility and violence be created to combat some of this extremist movement. Can you just outline a, a few steps that one would take to achieve this? Do, do I go to my town supervisor alone? Do I need a group of 50 people? What's the best way to, to create action regarding this? Well, let, let me speak to this as being a, a big success for Columbia County, where I reside. But first of all, the first resolution that I was aware of was town of Rosendale. Now, also, the town of Gardner did something that was somewhat similar but different, and they actually put together a committee mm. that looks into hate in their community. And there's a uh, contact liaison person that was appointed. But let's go back to Rosendale that did this. Let's just call it for simple terms, the anti-hate resolution. Okay. It's really something much more than that. But okay. let's just call it the anti-hate resolution. Um, and so Rosendale is the first that I was aware of. So I uh, contacted them and said, send me your resolution. Uh, we didn't edit it too much. It was very good. Mm -hmm. And uh, so one by one, we started a campaign amongst the towns and the four villages that are in our county and the city of Hudson. Mm -hmm. So Columbia County with its towns and four villages in one city, one by one, starting August of last year and concluding in February of this year, all but three towns and two villages have passed the resolution, including our Republican-dominated Board of Supervisors. Wow. Quick aside, uh, Columbia County has a Board of Supervisors, not a legislature. So the Board of Supervisors is made up of the respective town supervisors. But we got, again, the Republican-dominated Board of Supervisors enacted it, and all of the towns except for three and two of the four villages, along with the city of Hudson, passed that resolution. That's Very powerful statement. Yes. And that's... so the way to organize that is to um, simply write the resolution, find a town board member and or supervisor and say, we need to get this done and we'll gladly come to the next town board meeting to speak in support of it. Okay. And quite often they will say, and out of one of the towns that did not pass it in Columbia County. Mm -hmm. They'll say, we don't need to do this. It was done at the county level. Mm. And we say, yes, you do need to do it because what do you think your silence is saying? Yes. What do you think those 
people out there that are on the extremist fringe, have you just sent them a message? You have. So send them a different message. Send them the message, hate has no home here. Love it. Send that message. Mm. And so I would strongly encourage a group in Ulster County and Green County and any other county that you're in to mm -hmm. start a campaign where your goal is to get every governing body to enact an anti-hate resolution. That's great. Thank you for that. This pastor, Ron Buford from California, he came up with a brilliant plan on a way to kind of eliminate racism. He's a pastor at this church, Sunnyvale, California. His office was next to an Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and all kinds of different people from all walks of life, different religions, different cultures, so on and so forth. And he said it just amazed him how, you know, they just got along, loved each other, supported each other, really were operating from the place of we are all connected. They work on themselves as a group. They support each other, but they're basically working on their issues with alcohol. So we took that concept and transferred it to something called Racists Anonymous copying the principles of the 12 step program of uh, AA, putting these anti-hate resolutions together. I would love to see this RA meeting start to happen in our communities, getting these RA meetings up uh, with the anti-hate resolution can really be powerful. A, a couple of comments, Kathy, what you said, uh, your use of the word DNA is synonymous with my use of the word karma. Uh, particularly mm -hmm. ancestral karma. Mm -hmm. uh, again, when we talk about all the causes and conditions that come together to give us the present moment, those are moments that happened just a moment ago, but they're also moments that happened 2,000, 10,000, 20,000 years ago, including 400 years ago, to get to my point on racism. And so it's a matter of being aware of the interconnectedness of all things, including our ancestral karma. That brings us to the present moment. Now, again, there's nothing we can do to change the present moment, but there's so much we can do about the very next moment. And this is where we come back again to what we're talking about here, that um, when we talk about uh, racism or the environment or anything, um, I think most of your re reader, uh, your followers, listeners are familiar with the term how to be an anti-racist, Kendry's book. And what is the message in that? It's not enough not to be a racist. You must be an anti-racist. It's not enough to say, oh, I recycle, I do this. You must be somebody who's out there fighting to reduce the amount of carbon that we're putting into the atmosphere. You need to be an anti-pollution person, an anti-carbon person. Uh, and I can go on with example with, with hate. It's anti-hate. What are you doing to counter hate? What are you doing to counter racism? What are you doing to counter the destruction of our climate? And this again gets back into number one, become aware, build your awareness. Number two, 
That's the bearing witness part. Engage. And engage in such a way that you are trying to undo the harm. And of course, that involves becoming actively involved to stop harm from happening to other people and the planet. So it, uh, your comparison on racism and Kendry's uh, thesis on how to be an anti-racist, I would apply across the board to hate and the environment. You know, a small business association lended almost $21,000 in funds to this guy, Jaden McNeil. He was a, he is a racist live streamer and close ally of white nationalist head. And this guy stood alongside Nick Puentes and other insurrectionists outside the United States Capitol on January 6th. Now this guy was able to get PPP COVID money that was there for small businesses, the vendor, the hairdresser, the auto mechanic, you know, the people that make our day-to-day life uh, better, that many of them went bankrupt because they couldn't get these kind of funds. And then the Center for Media and Democracy found that um, it was 2.35 and $5.7 million in loans went to six designated hate groups. And NBC then found, which really the hair was standing up on my arms, they discovered 14 designated hate groups received $4.3 million. And and, uh, including one nationalist group, called the American Renaissance, which is anti-immigrant. The money that could have saved a lot of small businesses that uh, we need and love in our communities instead went to some of these hate groups. So as a peacekeeper, as a Buddhist, how do you think we could take all of this information and, and channel it into positive action and direct direction collectively? Well, first, I want to go back to something what you said about makes me angry. Yeah. I want to be very clear about something. It is okay to be angry. In fact, it's healthy to be angry. Uh, quick story. When I was a young person, I was practicing with a Sufi out on the West Coast, Wally Ollie, Wally Ollie Myers. And somebody said something about like, Oh, I'm so I'm so upset with myself. I'm always getting angry. And Wally suddenly slammed his two hands down on the floor real hard. And he said, who is it? I want to know who was it that told you that you shouldn't be angry. I want to find that person and I want to tell them something. And the thing about this is, is that remember the wandering thought, let it pass through you, let it go or be aware of it, let it experience what it does to you. When you get angry, don't bury it, experience it. It is real. Now, don't attach to it because it's when you attach to anger that's the problem. Experiencing the anger is natural. You're supposed to be angry at this stuff. It helps motivate you towards making a positive change in the next moment. So what can we do collectively? We can do that collectively. Let's draw together our collective anger. Let's experience our collective anger. Let's experience the pain that is being inflicted on our existence, 
our planet, our people, all things. And now let's not get attached to our anger, not for a minute. Let's go do something. And so again, get involved, find something. Now, many of your listeners are doing just that. So go do a little bit more of it. You know, on uh, just a a, a side, I occasionally drive for the sanctuary movement or people that need transportation. Mm -hmm. And so what does it do for me to go help immigrants who don't have transportation get to meetings or hearings or things that they need to do? What is that all about? That's me being engaged in the moment, trying to help somebody who's been harmed by past wrongs. Mm, so yeah. find things, soup kitchens, meals on wheels, uh, sanctuary transportation, uh, working in any way you can in your community, whatever that community might be, to do good to where people are being harmed and are suffering pain to relieve that pain. When you see an old person that looks lonely and looks somewhat hollow in the eyes, sit down and look into their eyes and talk to them. Find these things to do on a day-to-day basis because collectively we need to experience the anger and collectively we need to start fixing without a sense that I know the answer. This is the non-engaged excuse me, it it is the engaged activism where you're not attached. And it is the non-dual wisdom that we're all interconnected. So again, I think most of your listeners agree with everything that you and I have just talked about. And all we need to do is more of what we're doing. So true. If that kind of energy keeps increasing, then it's impossible not for other people who may not be aware to become aware because they'll feel the energy of that. So I think what you said is quite beautiful. And I really, really appreciate the fact that you came on the show today. And I just feel so honored having your presence here and grateful for you to share your wisdom and all of your experience. You're such a special person. You will be back. We're going to do another show about, uh, what's happening, you know, with the other organizations you're involved with. So thank you again, Michael. Um, Check out his website, hatewatchreport.com. Learn about the work of riversmountainsgreenfaith.org. And remember, there's a dash between rivers and uh, after mountains. And what they are doing to educate and inspire people and institutions to invest in clean energy. My show's website is gobehindthecurtain.com. Follow us on Twitter. That's BTC at Blog Talk. If you like what you heard today, spread the word about our show. And I'm sending you all a virtual hug, light, and healing thoughts. Until next time, peace, everybody. Mm-hmm.